0: Welcome to The Lad Life Podcast. I'm Michelle.
1: And I'm Shane. And together, we are The Lads.
0: Or widely known as Mishane.
1: Our passion for all things marriage, health and fitness, and the fire life runs deep.
0: Our goal through this podcast is to share our life experiences and hopes to encourage you through any stage of life you might be in.
1: So grab your spouse or a friend, suit up, and grab your pre-workout as we share The Lad Life.
0: Welcome back to the Lad Life Podcast. We are so excited for today's episode. We have our very first guests and good friends, Alex and Emily, joining us.
1: Alex is my partner on the rescue and his fiance Emily also had retinoblastoma with a similar story to Michelle's. Emily shares her cancer journey, she spills a tea on how someone stole and twisted her story and she tells us all about her TED talk.
0: We also talk about some of the frustrations that come with having one eye and we all share one positive thing we have seen come out of our story.
1: We got so excited to be recording our first podcast with a guest that we completely forgot to plug in our mic but I promise you it's worth a listen.
0: Low quality sound, high quality conversation.
1: Without further ado, here's our conversation with Alex and Emily.
0: Hey guys, we are really excited to finally have you on the podcast. I know we've been talking about this for a long time now.
2: I know I'm glad we could finally make it happen.
0: Yeah, we're super excited. So Alex, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself?
2: Hi guys, I'm Alex. I'm 27 years old. I almost said 28. I don't know why I'm an actor writer, and I've been a firefighter for almost two years now.
0: Awesome. And Emily, you want to share a little bit about yourself? Yeah. Hi, everyone. My name
3: is Emily and I am 25. I work in the nonprofit sector and I do event planning and I'm also a manager for our organization. And I've been with the company for almost four years now.
0: Really quick before we dive in, why don't you each share one fun fact about yourself?
3: I'll go first. My fun fact is that I was on MT- the MTV show Catfish.
0: That's awesome. We'll get into that a little bit later on in the episode so you guys can kind of hear about that. And then for you, Alex?
2: My fun fact, I would say is I mentioned earlier, I'm an actor and a writer, but that's been more of a hobby until recently I finished writing my first screenplay.
0: Yes. He When we asked him, before we started that we were going to ask what their fun fact is. And he didn't think he had when I was like, that's so cool. You are writing scripts. So I think that's awesome.
3: Mm-hmm. And
0: so, like I said, Alex rides the rescue with Shane. How long have you guys been on the engine to er, the ambulance together?
1: I think it was, we, we talked about it. It was a year in February. So
2: we anniversary.
1: We should go on a sonic
2: date.
0: Oh my uh, That's their
2: thing. You owe me Sonic like twice now, by
1: the way. Sorry.
0: So now why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself as a couple, how you met, how long you've been together, any wedding plans you want to share that you're excited about?
2: We've been together over four years now. We met through a mutual friend. A girl I went to high school with was Emily's little sister in her sorority. And she posted a picture with Emily on Instagram. I was talking to her one day and I jokingly messaged her saying, hey, you're big like big sister is a babe. And she took that and ran with it, put (laughs) Emily and I in a group chat. And you know, the rest is kind of history. That's
3: awesome.
2: As far as wedding plans, I'm not kept in the loop.
3: I'm (laughs) just kidding. I'm kidding. We
2: got a lot planned. It's been planned
1: for a while now.
2: It was
3: planned before we got engaged. The whole thing was was already done before we got engaged.
1: And why is that? You have a little background in...
3: Yeah, so I actually that's a that's a great question. So I actually have done wedding and event planning ever since I was in high school actually, once I graduated high school, I got my certificate in wedding and event planning. So throughout my college career experience, I should say, I was interning for an event planning company and then like a wedding and event planning company and then I also was working part-time for a woman who had her own event planning company and I was working underneath her as an associate wedding planner, and then shortly realized that wedding planning was very intense, you know, and and as, as a bride myself, I completely understand why it is so intense. You know, no one anticipates divorce. So the pressure of having this perfect wedding is something that didn't really align with my values in terms of wedding planning, but I still loved event planning. So then I started to tap into the nonprofit sector to actually make a difference and find purpose in the work that I do. So I do wedding planning still on the side here and there, but really focus my efforts on more event planning for a purpose and an organization now versus individual people.
0: I love that. Okay, cool. So I'm shaking my head because I'm starting to realize or remembering even more why or how much Emily and I have in common. So just background knowledge, Emily also had retinoblastoma when she was younger. So that's kind of the premise around this podcast. We're going to kind of be talking about our stories and Emily's going to share her story and then just kind of how we have dealt with that throughout our lives. And it's so it's just so crazy how everything came together. And it's even crazier how much Emily and I are alike. I was also a wedding planner working under um, someone who owned their own business. I was doing my own, realized that is not what I wanted to do. So I kind of switched gears. So it's so funny. She drives a white Audi. I used to drive a white Audi. We both have the same degree. It's just kind of crazy. Do you want to share kind of how you, I mean, you and Alex are the reason that we are all friends and kind of how emily and i got together too
1: yeah so alex do you want to share with everybody how you kind of sparked this relationship between us four
2: yeah when i got started at the fire department you know we work at a small department with only two stations there's like 30 of us so everyone knew the guy who was on tiktok everyone talked about it it was like an ongoing thing so on day one i knew that there was someone in our department who was on tiktok So naturally I went on and I was just scrolling through. Hadn't met Shane yet. We were on different shifts at different stations, but I was just scrolling through the TikToks and I came across one where Michelle was talking about retinoblastoma. And I was like, oh my goodness. I texted Emily right away. I was like, you're never going to believe this. One of the guys I work with out of the 30 people, his wife had retinoblastoma, has a prosthetic eye. So it was was pretty mind blowing.
3: And can you kind of just share like the, like put it into perspective for how small your station is in comparison to 30 people. Well, I just mean in comparison to other other stations,
2: some other departments have 500 guys on their department.
3: So the chances of that happening in such a small station seems like fate. Like, like it's, it's kind of crazy that what are the odds that not only someone do you know at the station, that, like Not only someone is there someone that you know on TikTok who's going viral, but as you're starting to look at their stuff, we have something that's so in common and retinoblastoma is very rare. So yes. it's just, it's all these aspects of just the rarity of the station, TikTok going viral and both having retinoblastoma. It's just, it's such a small world and it's crazy to think about.
0: Well, and I don't know about you, Emily, but until I met you, I have never met anybody who had retinoblastoma. So to me, for Shane and Alex to work together and then for us to have that and it be almost the same story was like, I have, I literally have goosebumps sitting here because like I've teared up about the fact that I literally look at Emily and I'm like, this is what I look like to other people. Cause I don't know, like it's just, it's so crazy.
1: And to go off of what Alex was saying, when he first approached me about it, I I first didn't believe him because like some guys would tease me about like, Oh, your wife has one eye, blah, blah. And he, he mentioned something you could tell the story, but I was like, yeah, right. Like, sure. There's no way. Or like, he's just joking, making another joke. Do you remember that, that conversation?
2: I remember throwing it out casually because I'm a cool guy. So (laughs) I didn't want to be like, Hey man, like my, My girlfriend has one eye because she was my girlfriend at the time. I was just like, oh, yeah, my girlfriend also has one eye. And I remember you completely ignoring me. And of course, this is the first time we met and it was during shift change. So there's a lot going on. But I just remember thinking, "Okay, he's a jerk or he doesn't believe me.
3: (laughs) And I remember out like Alex telling me that day, I think this is how it happened. He's like, oh, I'm going to tell Shane that, you know, I saw the TikTok and I was like, oh, I can't wait. Like, let me know what he says. And then Alex was like, yeah, he just brushed it off. It wasn't a big deal to him. And I was like, oh, okay, never
0: mind, I guess we're never seeing them again. <laughs> <laughs> it's so funny. I feel like, and this will kind of lead into one of the questions we have for later, but I feel like you almost didn't know what to say because you've never been in that yeah. situation. Yeah.
1: And also there's so many jokes about my wife and anytime yeah. my wife is mentioned at the fire department, I'm like, i Instantly, like, nope, I'm tuning you out. I don't care. Like, it's just another joke, whatever, you know. And I I never met you. And I'm like, this dude never met me, and he's <laughs> gonna make a joke or a comment. That's why I think I just brushed it off so quickly. But after
0: I think someone mentioned it and was like, Oh, did you hear Alex's girlfriend? Blah blah blah. And then you had mentioned it to me. And so yeah. I looked on Instagram, I'm like, wait this is legit. And then we started messaging, I think not too long after that Alex was on a time trade with Shane. Yeah. And so it was like, Emily and I started messaging and it was just like this weird, cause like we said, it's so rare.
1: Yeah. And once somebody else brought it up to me, I was like, okay, so he wasn't joking. He yeah. wasn't trying to be rude or, or what? Like, oh, it, he's actually being truthful about it. Then I think that's when we kind of had a conversation about it.
0: So I think this is so funny. So you have to tell, there's this story when uh, Alex was on the rescue with another paramedic and he was running a call. I'll let you tell the story. It kills me every time.
2: Yeah. This was one of Shane's few engine days. So I was on the rescue with one of our other crew members. And so he's familiar with Shane and Michelle because he's worked with Shane for years now, unlike me. And we were at the hospital. Our patient had like a, a droopy eye or something. And, the other paramedic was asking him like, "What the deal was with that?" Um, just making sure it wasn't like something that just happened. He's like, "Oh yeah, I can't see out of that eye." And I perked up and I looked at him and I said, "Oh, my fiance can't see out of her eye either. Like she has a prosthetic eye." And he said, "Who?" And I said, "My fiance." And the other paramedic looks at me and goes, "Are you engaged to Shane's wife?" <laughs>
0: like it's a valid question because what are again what, yeah, what what are
1: what are the, the odds? odds It's just such a rare disease and for two people to have the same disease and story working at the same department. so it's so yeah. just a small world.
0: So Emily, why don't you tell us a little bit about your story, how you found out, how it maybe kind of affected you growing up? and then we can kind of go into some questions for us and then the guys.
3: Yeah. So, you know, I think it's kind of important to, before I share my story to provide some context around my parents, because they were teenage parents. They had me at 17 and 18 years old. Um, My mom had lost both of her parents before she had gotten pregnant with me. And then uh, my dad really only had his dad in his life. So needless to say, at the time, they didn't really know what they were doing. They were, you know, winging it. Per se. Um, They were still very young. So, you know, when I went for my kindergarten checkup, when I was five years old, before they were submitting me into elementary school, you know, you have to go through your immunizations and all that stuff. My pediatrician realized I had never Gotten an eye exam before, and my poor parents are like, "Oh my God! Well, how dare we not give her an eye exam?" They didn't know, you know, they 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 didn't know anything of it at the time. They were only twenty-two, and now I'm going to be twenty-six. I I couldn't imagine having what a seven-year-old, eight-year-old right now compared to my parents. So at twenty-two years old, they you know were sending a their elementary school student off to kindergarten, and so they said, "Okay, you know, you've never she's never had an eye exam before, so." let's do a test. So when I was sitting there for the the eye exam, you know, they, they tell you to say, okay, what colors do you see? You know, and I'll say, oh, I see this is red and they'll switch it. What color do you see? Orange. Perfect. But then I don't, I don't remember exactly what happened, but they did another test and they could tell that I wasn't reacting to the left side. And so as a kindergartner, Little did I know, I was like, "Oh my gosh, is this a test to get me into kindergarten? I can't fail this test." And so they said, "Emily, uh, what what shapes do you see now?" And, or I think they said, "Emily, what colors what colors do you see now?" And I said, "Uh, red, orange, and yellow." but it was actually shapes. And so they had covered one eye. So, so I was like, so I lied essentially because I was so scared that I wasn't going to get, you know, going to go to elementary school. And they said, um, yeah, no, she needs to go see an oncologist ASAP because she is not responding to her left side. So there's something wrong with her left eye. So I did an MRI, did an ultrasound, all that stuff, went to go see an oncologist. And they said, uh, unfortunately, she has retinoblastoma. And it is very far. It is spreading through her optic nerve, which is leading to her brain. And so we need to go to surgery immediately within the next few days. She doesn't have much time. And so they gave my parents two options. So you can either... Go through chemotherapy or you can remove the eye. And through research, they found that removing the eye gets rid of the cancer more than going through chemotherapy. And my parents were like, she has two eyes. And you know, it's, it's, I they would rather me have one eye than go through chemotherapy and like all the uh, the like negative effects of that. They'd rather me just lose my eye completely. And they were just hoping that I would be okay with having one eye. They took me out to dinner the night before and they said, Emily, we have to tell you something. You have surgery tomorrow and you're going to get your eye removed. And we were sitting at dinner and I took a fork and I said, Well, why don't I just take it out right here with a fork? <gasps> so they were like, oh, She'll be fine. She's going to be fine. If she can make a joke like this, she'll be fine. Oh so they gosh. were so happy. They were so happy that I had made a joke already at five and that I was okay, sure. You know, I have two eyes, and that's good because now I have one eye. Like at least I had two in case something happened to my one. So I went through uh, went through the surgery, and then the doctor came out and said the cancer is spreading way farther than we thought. We're going to have to do both chemotherapy and remove the eye. But luckily, he caught it just in time, and with very minimal invasive surgeries and all that stuff, I was able to live per se. I mean, that's very that seems very aggressive but be, but like I, yeah I was I ended up being fine and we did end up suing my pediatrician uh, for medical malpractice because I did not have an eye exam when I was younger but that's why that's they call it practicing medicine right and that's why doctors have all this insurance so really no you know I don't have any Strong feelings towards this doctor, people make mistakes all the time. It could have been way worse, and I'm okay, and that's why doctors have insurance but yeah, that's kind of that's kind of my story with how I got diagnosed and where I am today. so
2: when you got the eye exam, you were five years old. Mm-hmm. Was that prompted by the day with your grandfather or was it a coincidence?
3: do you mean the the day with when I was playing pirate right. with my grandpa? No, I think that that was that was again a random situation that happened so.
2: You look back on it. So, and you're
3: like, oh, wait a yeah. Minute. So there was a. Alex brings up a good point. There was a lot of signs. Again, my parents were 22 years old. There were a lot of signs that they had that they probably didn't pay attention to, which now makes sense. So, my grandpa. Funny enough, is a fisherman, and so he had a boat in his backyard. And funny enough, again, we would play pirates in the backyard on the boat. And what do you need when you play pirates? Well, you need eye patches. So my grandpa went to go put an eye patch on me, and of course, he put it over my left eye before we found out that I that that eye was sick. So I was like screaming, like, "Oh my gosh, I can't see! I can't see! Take it off!" And they just thought that I was being a dramatic five-year-old and just didn't like the feeling on my face. And then looking back, they're like, Oh, that is why she didn't like the eye patch. That was before. I mean, I don't know. I don't remember exactly how old I was. It had to be pretty close to me finding out that I was sick, but uh, yeah, that's a good, that's a good point. Yeah. Mm -hmm.
2: Another thing I want you to just share the dinner before when your parents told you about having to get your eye removed. Do you remember what they told you? You know, as a little kid. Um, the, the one specific phrase, how they told you. How would you tell a little kid that they had to get their eye removed?
3: They just told me that my eye was sick and it needed yeah, to come out. Yeah.
2: That your eye was sick. I think that's the cutest thing. Yeah,
3: they said yeah, my I eye was sick. That. Yeah, they said my eye was sick and that it just needed to come out. And I remember going to Macaroni grill. because I remember drawing on the tables with the with the crayons and looking up. Oh, Emily, your eye is sick. So we have to take it out. Cool. Let's just take it out right here with the fork. And they were like,
0: what? All right. She'll, she'll be all right. <laughs> That's so funny. So it's interesting. Do you remember much of like your surgery and all the, like what happened after it and stuff?
3: Yeah. So there's bits and pieces that I remember very well. So not to get too gross or anything like that, but I do remember waking up from surgery and getting sick mm-hmm. um, and my mom catching it. And then I remember, don't remember what happened after that. But then I remember again, waking up in the car and I was passed out in the back seat. And my mom was crying on the phone and then in a good way, like, oh, she's okay. All this stuff. And then I don't remember what happened after that. And then I remember again, waking up in my room and there were presents everywhere. I specifically remember from my cousin, Sarah. Uh, another Sarah, who I'm very close with now, this like pink Disney princess tea set, and I still like remember it. And it's, it's so interesting how much I remember. It. And I just remember, oh my gosh, there's all these presents. This is amazing. This is the best day of my life. Take my other eye. <laughs> take my oh, other take eye. <laughs> so I get more presents. So that and that, it just yeah. I, I and I still kind of have that mindset too of like. This is so
0: exciting. <laughs> yeah. And that's, I think that's one thing I'm kind of envious about because for the longest time, honestly, probably until I met you, Emily, I was so not like angry that it happened, but kind of just like a a why me kind of thing. And then when I found out about like everything you've done with it, like you have your TED talk, but I just feel like you've done so much. And I got to thinking like I'm 27, probably at the time 28. And like, what have I done to just even make awareness to this? And I was like, it's almost like a blessing that this has happened and that we got to live through it. And it's just kind of like made me want to share, but it's also one thing. I don't know if it's a blessing or like something that I wish, but I remember nothing. I don't remember like I was only three. And so I don't remember my parents telling me, I don't remember any of the doctors. The only memories I have are from pictures and one of my favorite ones is I'm in my dad's like cowboy boots. I it's like day after surgery, I've got this massive patch on my eye, and I'm in my underwear and my dad's cowboy boots up to like my legs. Like, and I just have the only memories I have are photos. Did you have some? Yeah,
1: have two questions for you, Emily. One, just to clarify, did you have chemo, oh, or yeah. did you was it just strictly surgery?
3: So it's funny enough that that still is kind of like unclear to me whether or not. I did because I can't, I don't really know. Alex, do you know?
2: The way I remember the story is like you said earlier, the doctor came out and said, Hey, it looks like we're going to have to do both, remove the eye and do chemo. He went back in and then a little bit later came out and said, actually, we got it all. So we okay. don't have to do chemo.
3: Okay. Got I'm sure
1: it. that was in your TED talk. I think yeah. that's what I'm quoting
2: right I,
3: now. Yeah. Or, that's where
1: I just know from. Yeah. the Okay. And then my other question is, where did you get the surgery? Oh,
3: yeah. Yeah. So I went to the University of Miami, Baskin Palmer Eye Institute, very top notch mm-hmm. hospital. And my, that's where my doctor was. And now he's at his own private practice. And so I followed him and I say, see him
0: every six months still. Yeah. I think at the time I do remember my parents saying, cause we had just moved to Florida. My parents wanted to be anywhere but Florida at the time. And I think it was like Miami, Gainesville, Cause I went to Shans, and then it was like Chicago and then one other place way somewhere else. So it was like crazy that we were even in this state.
1: Yeah. I just asked because I know how rare this disease is and how specialty it is for doctors to remove eyes from retinoblastoma. So I didn't know where you got that surgery from, if it was in the same facility or not.
3: Yeah. I was very, very lucky because so many people travel to see this doctor from all over the country just because it is so rare. And I'm sure there are other doctors that a lot of people travel to also, but I was very lucky that I was born and raised in South Florida. And so Miami was a quick drive for me in comparison to someone having to fly every six months to go see him.
0: Yeah, agreed. What would you say if you had, what was your biggest struggle growing up? Like, did you... I feel like we're very opposite in this. Like, did you tell everyone? Did you not? Were you ashamed? Like, kind of tell us about school, elementary, middle school, that kind of stuff.
3: Yeah. So elementary, middle school, I was, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say I was so open about it. I definitely had bangs that covered my left eye. I had a really, really good friend group, but having one eye just didn't really come up that much. We would talk about it, but it just wasn't something that I wasn't I wasn't necessarily embarrassed about. I'm very lucky in that the bullying was kept to a very minimum. So I wasn't, you know, I don't really remember kids being too mean. Of course, you have bad bunches here and there and maybe it just didn't bother me. My mom has said that I was bullied and stuff, but I don't really remember it too much. And then when I got to high school, that's when everything changed for me. Accepting me having cancer and and having one eye is because I went to a completely different high school than my middle school supportive friends. So I essentially started at a high school where I knew no one. And so I went to a different I went to a different one, but I did know the volleyball coach because I was a volleyball player and her and my mom were friends because my mom was a volleyball coach too. And so that was like my saving grace in coming to this new high school and she said, "This is Emily." And Emily's a cancer survivor. And I was just like, oh, okay, so that's that's how we're starting off ninth grade. And volleyball took place throughout the fall. Games happened in October, and that's when breast cancer awareness month happened. So we set up a fundraiser. She said, in honor of Emily having cancer, a teammate having cancer we're going to do a fundraiser in honor of breast cancer and honor of me also having cancer. And that's kind of where like my event planning kicked off too, because I was doing this fundraiser. And so then these news articles came out about me having one eye and playing volleyball and doing and like this fundraiser sparking out of that. And so it was a very positive experience. And since then, you know, two months into being in ninth grade, I was so open about it. I loved it. It. I saw the difference from the get go, and um, I embraced everything. You know, people would make you know one eye jokes here and there. Like the new Monsters Inc movie had come out, <laughs> and uh, someone was like, "Emily, it's you!" and I was like, "That is me. I am Mike Wazowski. Yes." <laughs> and so I just fully embraced it from ninth grade and everyone was so nice. And I raised, not alone, obviously had a team, but we raised a lot of money for cancer research. And so, so yeah, I mean, I've had a very positive experience having cancer and having one eye. And then, yeah, kind of to elaborate on my fun fact, when I was in 11th grade, I guess this is the only bullying, really intense bullying that I experienced is... When I was in 11th grade, I was in St. Augustine on a college tour and I got a message from one of my friends from middle school. Now reminder, I went to a different high school than I did where all my middle school friends went. And I hadn't talked to this girl since middle school. And she texted me a news article and she said, Emily, I'm so sorry to hear that you had cancer again. And I was like, what are you talking about? And I was like, what? I'm on a college tour right now. What do you mean? So she sends me this article and it has my name. And it has a different last name and it has all my volleyball pictures. And it says, Emily blank of this city has been diagnosed with cancer three times. Now she's the most hated person in school. And she is constantly bullied every single day. And I'm like, well, that's, that's false. Cause I'm not bullied every single day and I'm looking at it. So I Google this name, right? It's Emily. And then it's a last name and it's not my last name, but it's someone else's and hundreds of articles come up with this story. And she, she has Facebook accounts and she has social media accounts and all this stuff. And then she even had fake accounts of my friends and my parents as well to make herself seem real. So I was like, Oh my gosh. And there's all these articles like USA today, like, Incredible articles. And then there's a GoFundMe, right? So then now this girl is getting money for this. So I went to her Facebook and I messaged 50 people and I'm like, this person is fake. I am, you know, I'm the real Emily. Ha ha, ha. And I had just done an interview for volleyball where it had my picture and it had my real last name. So I said, look, this is, this is, this is the real me. Like I, I sent them that, but this is a, this is the real me. And some of them were like, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry this happened to you. Some people thought that I, was pretending to be the fake one. So they told me, get a life. And then some people said... Oh my gosh! I thought I was dating you, so I got that three times from three. And mind you, I am not at school, so this article is like circulating faster. I have like the principals are calling my mom, saying, "Is Emily is Emily sick?" And that's why she's not here. So you know, time goes on, and I get a message from someone, and he said, "I am the boyfriend of this fake person, Mm -hmm. and she's helped me go through a lot." Blah blah blah. And I was like, "Well, I'm glad she did something good." for you. Like if anything good was going to come out for this, I'm glad that she helped you. And he essentially got me in contact with her. We found out that she was my neighbor. And we went to high school together. When I got back from school, everyone was like, oh my gosh, you need to email catfish. And I was like, no, like, I, I got it figured out. I wasn't the one that got catfished. These three people did, unfortunately. Like, no, you should just email them and tell them that it happened to you. So I did. I sent the email to them. I said, I'm not looking to get on the show. You know, I just wanted to share that, like, wow, this actually happens to real life people. This is not just a TV show. And they emailed me back in probably 10 minutes and they said, we want to fly you out to LA and film your story and have. Have you meet Max and Neve and we'd love to do like a documentary series on it. So they set me up with a casting director and like I don't know three, four months later, next thing I know I'm flying out to LA and I'm filming my story for catfish. Uh, we had to change some things for for
0: legalities. So to kind of elaborate, that's how I ended up on catfish. <laughs> well, but that's crazy. I mean, you watch the show Catfish. It's TV. It's reality air quote, but like when you know somebody that it's happened to, it's it's just crazy. Mm-hmm. So I know we mentioned it, but do you want to share a little bit about your TED Talk and how that came to be?
3: Yeah, definitely. So I think it was also my junior year of college. I've always naturally gravitated towards teachers and professors. I just have always really looked up to those types of people and have always valued like relationships with them. One of my professors, he was told like, Hey, you know, Ted is coming to Tampa. That's where I went to college. I really think you should apply to be a speaker given your story because I was very open and again, vulnerable with my story. You know, Ted, Ted talks are so unique and they're very specific and they're very niche. And a lot of people have a lot of great stories and insights that they want to share. So I think there was like 645 people that applied or something like that. And then there was like 47 people that made it to the final round. And then there were final six people that got to speak at the TED Talk conference. And so I was selected to to speak given my outline and my story. And I started the process in in November and the TED talk was in March. And so they have very specific instructions. You can't go over 12 minutes and 34 seconds. You can't, you have to stand here. You have to. So I had a coach for the five months that I was preparing for it. And we had TED Talk meetings. They were very strict on it. And that's what makes TED Talk so great is that you're not feeling lectured. You go right into your story or your idea or whatever it may be. And uh, it was March 1st. And it was the TED talk was on March 29th. And so I had 30 days. That's when the dress rehearsal was. And I did the whole TED talk and I talked about catfish in it. And so the director of TED essentially was there and he told me, Emily, you cannot talk about catfish because it was so like oh my gosh, oh my God. Oh, it was just going on and on and on about like this like traumatic traumatic story that I've had. And he's just like, I think it's just, it's too much to talk about. So I had to read, I had 30 days to redo the entire TED Talk Twelve minutes and thirty four seconds, and I had to tweak it. It was a really intense thirty days, and of course, it was spring break halfway in between that. And I was like, I'm not missing this cruise, and so I took my TED Talk script with me, and I went on the college spring break cruise, and I did what I had to do to to redo it. And then, you know, the whole TED Talk really was about life with one eye, and I think that I was. Really able to still hit it without talking about catfish. And it really did encompass everything that I've gone through having one eye. And my whole idea around my TED talk was sometimes things just happen to you and there is absolutely nothing you can do to change it. So why not just embrace it and make the best out of it? The examples that I used in my TED talk were let's say your parents go through a divorce. That is awful. And that is so sad but you essentially have two options. You can sit there and you can cry and you can be upset, and but also let yourself feel the feelings too for, for a certain amount of time. But at some point you, you can either keep doing that or you can learn from it and you can embrace it and you can make sure that your life is filled with purpose given that experience based on that. And so that is what my entire TED Talk is about essentially is life sucks and things happen and it's up to us to adapt and be positive. Make sure that you know you're living your life with as much purpose as you can. And that's kind of what the whole thing is about.
0: Wow. That's, that's so amazing. good. Yeah, Thanks for sure. What hey. I think that's <laughs> to be said about, I mean, even if you're like anybody has that, there is something in your life. Like you don't have to only have one eye like Emily and I, but some I feel like everybody has something in their life that was. Probably sucked, like Emily said, and you can use that. The one thing that I've learned through this and through everything else is that you're never alone. I always felt until I was 28 years old that I was the only person or like the smallest percentage that went through this. And I meet Emily and we're like, we have conversations, and it's like, me too, me too. Oh my gosh. And so it's like, even if you didn't have the same cancer as somebody else, but just experience like divorced parents, I mean, you can bond with somebody over that. I just think that's so true.
1: So Alex, I'm going to put you on the hot seat right now, diving into you and Emily's relationship and revolving around her having one eye and and a cancer survivor. How did this affect your relationship? Good, bad, not at all. Tell us about that a little bit.
2: For the most part, I'd say it didn't really affect us much at all. I, you know, I sometimes forget that she only has one eye because she's, you know, carries herself like a normal person. She doesn't ever really complain about it. It doesn't affect things. I always drive because I'm terrified of her driving. Um, um, <laughs> that's point. really the only thing is that I always make sure that I'm in the driver's seat. It just makes sense, you know?
1: eyes better on the road <laughs> than one. I understand
2: granted she has like what 2020 20 vision in your one good eye yeah I don't have that and, eyes, yeah so. my
3: one good eye is like better than the vision in two of his in two of his eyes or whatever I yeah, guess right. so it
2: wouldn't be 2020 20, but whatever it's the like perfect number is
3: 20 yeah.
2: zero yeah. <laughs> but yeah it really hasn't affected us much if anything it's just been something to tease about and not in a mean way but like just you know Things like punny things like for Valentine's Day, I went to Publix to buy her flowers and stuff. And I saw this giant card that's right over here. And it says, I've got my eye on you. And it's a monster with one eye.
3: And that's what's made it easier, honestly, to to have this experience. And it's just when people joke about it. And they make me laugh. It's just easier to get through too. In my opinion, if someone was like, Oh, like, you know, I'm so, so sorry this happened to you. It's like, no, it's okay. Like, it's totally fine. You know, it's kind of like a a child, you know, when they fall on the ground and they bang up their knee, you don't want to be like, Oh, are you okay? Are you okay? Cause then they'll start crying. They'll start freaking out. You want to be like, Hey, you're fine. Get up. We're rocking and rolling. And that's exactly how I felt about all this too. So I always, you know, bring on the one eye jokes also.
0: So I love it. Do you have any more questions or can we ask you guys questions?
1: Go for it. Let's do it.
0: Okay. What do you guys tell people? Like when the guys at the station, I know most people for me, I don't know about you, Emily, but most people just assume I have a lazy eye. So people mention it. Like, what do you guys say?
2: As far as work goes, no one's ever said anything to me about it. I think they kind of knew before. So no one really was curious. Maybe they knew because of you. So there were really (laughs) many questions. I've only had one time in the almost five years we've been together. That someone after meeting Emily came up to me and said, Why didn't you tell me? I'm like, What? Why didn't you tell me she had one eye? I was like, I don't, I don't know. Like, was I supposed <laughs> to tell them? That's the only time. Otherwise, people I guess either already know from talking to my parents or mutual friends or you know, social media now, because I, you know, reference it a lot on social media. But yeah, that's the only experience I've had. I don't know what people who just meet us think. Uh, I'd be curious to know that. I
0: I will say like Hannah, when I finally told her, she was like, Oh, what? I just thought you had a lazy eye. Or some people are like, I didn't even notice. Like when I feel like sometimes when I tell people, they're like, I would have had no idea if you didn't say anything. What maybe you kind of set the stage for Alex at the department, but.
1: I just tell them that you were a childhood cancer survivor. So if they make jokes about a a kid surviving (laughs) cancer, like, come on for real. But they have in the past. So but that's how I lead it. It's like, you had cancer. I tell them like it was retinoblastoma. They had to remove her whole eye and it's a prosthetic eye. Mm-hmm. So I just tell them the the rough truth of what actually happened. Mm-hmm. Have Alex, yeah. have you ever had an instant where you had to stand up for her? Like, have you witnessed any type of bullying or any type of joke gone too far? And you're like, "Whoa, that's my girlfriend or that's my fiance. Like, don't, don't say that.
2: Really haven't. People may say it behind our backs and we just don't know. But yeah, no one's ever said it to my face.
0: I feel like you, because you, when we did post that video on TikTok, we had like, we had tons of support, but then there were some trolls like big time. And for me, I was just kind of like, whatever, this person must be, they're dealing with something and taking it out on me. But I feel like you took it really hard because that was yeah I
1: feel like I took it more personal than she did I'm like just trying to yeah I was like that's my wife you're talking about I know you're through a screen but like come on let's fight
0: (laughs) if someone
3: said that to my kid I oh I would I would if someone's like someone said that to my kid I would definitely feel that way and and I even if Alex had one eye too I'm very defensive I'm like what (laughs) yeah. <laughs> what do you say? What do you say? Like, I'm very much like that. But I've had kids like at the grocery store, you know, what's wrong with her mom? What's wrong with her eye? And you know, the mom will say, Oh, shh, don't don't ask that. That's so rude. And I have a couple times at the grocery store have said he has a right to be curious as all children are. I have a couple times gotten down to the child's level. And I've just said, Yeah, that's a great question. My eye is fake. I can't see out of it. It was sick when I was younger. And now I have a brand new eye. And isn't it so cool? Do you see the color? Well, and so that's happened a couple times growing up and they're like, wow, that's so cool. So I think, you know, for parents too, your, your child's allowed to be curious. They're going to ask questions and they should, and we don't need to say,
0: oh, don't ask that because they have a right to, to be curious. It's a, it's a valid question. When I used to sub, I would like point to a kid or call on them and they'd be like, Oh, are you looking at me? And it's just like, it's like, it's valid. I understand that when I'm looking a certain way with my good eye, my other, eye might, if I'm not looking them straight on, it might be looking a different way. And I always feel like kids, they mean well, like they're not trying to be rude about it. But yeah, I agree. And it's a good thing to be curious.
3: Michelle, I have a question for you. This is something that frustrates me is when let's say I'm like across the room from someone and I'm like waving at them and they like can't tell if I'm looking at them and I'm just like oh I know that it looks like I'm not looking at you but I'm waving at you and that yep. I, that's something that I'm like oh I'm I, only I didn't have a fake eye because you can't because you it's hard
0: to tell like you're like is she looking at me is yeah. she not looking at me and I'm like oh Yes, no, Can that over happened. I know. I just want to be like, I want to like close my, my, yeah. I felt my bad eye and be like, yeah, you, like I'm <laughs> waving at you.
2: That's what I was going to say. That seems like how <laughs> you solved that issue. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Do you guys ever have you talked about like if you had, so let me ask this first. I know there is a hereditary version of retinoblastoma and a non hereditary version. Do you know which, if you had either of the two? I think.
3: I have the gene. Okay, I think I have the hereditary gene. I actually just went to go look at my text from my mom. Cause I remember I asked her a long time ago and she said that I do, I'm pretty sure she said that I do have the gene. And I, I don't know, I don't think we've ever talked about it, but I would like to do genetic testing. And then, you know, if, if, you know, if they have, if they have it, then I would say we just remove the eye because I've been fine. You know, there's no reason to go through chemotherapy and go through all that if you don't need to. So if we catch it early enough, let's remove it. They'll be okay.
0: Yeah. We don't, we actually don't know. My dad's dad was adopted. So my grandfather was adopted. And so we don't know, but we don't know anything about his biological family. So mine could very well be the genetic version, but it's interesting because I feel like now we know what to look for. I mean, our parents had no idea that this was even in the cards for us. So this is something that could be found way earlier and a simple, we say simple, but a simple removal of the eye could save their lives way sooner, and it not get as far as it did for us. So yeah, I mean, we've kind of just talked about the fact that I think my the doctor that I see says he tells me now, he's like, we will see your baby when they're a week old, when they're three weeks old at six months. And so like, they're checking for that early, which I think kind of eases me in a sense to know that we have the chance to catch it early if it's if, if that's a thing.
3: Definitely. Yeah. I'm not too worried, honestly, because I just, I just know that, you know, I was okay. And uh, so will they.
0: Yeah. yeah. I agree.
2: Just a quick thing I want to add just about like Emily's eye. This is just like a little story that came to mind when you were asking, like, if I've, you know, had any bullying or whatever. So a couple months into Emily and I dating, I went on a trip to Australia and I was walking down the street. I saw this mural on the wall and it was a, like, a painting of a woman but her head was like crooked. So one eye was, you know, at the top of the wall and one was a lot lower. So I went and I stood up against the wall next to the bottom eye and had my friend take a a photo and he cropped it so that it was just me standing next to the one eye. And it was a good photo. I looked good, the painting was uh, (laughs) a nice color. So I posted it. And my caption was, I like my girls with one eye. Emily, her mom, her friends were all commenting, thought it was so funny. And I got a text from my mom. (laughs) I got a text God. from my mom and she was mortified. She was like, why would you say that? You're going to upset her. And I was like, no, like she has a sense of humor about it. And I was like showing her the comments and she was like, okay, I, I was worried. I I just didn't know. <laughs> yeah. So, so funny.
0: Yeah. I feel like, I feel like it's kind of like one of those things, like you said, Emily, people are kind of like, oh no, like don't ask, don't say that. When in reality, again, it is what it is. Yeah. There's nothing that we can do to change it. And for whatever reason, we were given this, I'll call it not even a burden, but we were given this story to tell. And so yeah. I think it's so funny to kind of see other people's reactions. I'll run into something and it will be like, oop, oop! you only have one eye, watch where you're going. And so I think it's, and people will kind of be like, Oh my gosh, did you just say that? I always say if you can't laugh about it, then what's the point at all?
1: I think there's a difference between joking around and bullying, right? It's yeah. all about your intentions. You weren't trying to bully her, you were just trying to make a joke. And I feel like, Joking out of love is way different than trying to bully somebody. Yeah. Those are two different things. Yeah. You could joke about it and have fun with it and stuff like that. But there is a point to where like, if somebody is crossing that line, mm-hmm. you do have to, like, Hey, no, like this isn't, this isn't the line to cross. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I'm trying to say. Yeah.
0: So
3: I've always said that I'd rather you just straight up ask me about it than assume yeah. and, and think wrong that I have a lazy eye or that something crazy happened or something like that. I'd rather you just ask me so that way you have knowledge surrounding it too in case you will come across someone else with a fake eye because just because someone has a fake eye doesn't mean they had retinoblastoma either. People have fake eyes because they've had accidents or whatnot. So as long as someone is open about sharing, I say, go for it and ask.
0: Yeah. Yeah. No, I completely agree. So we have two more questions we want to end with. I have one specifically for you, Emily, if you were given the chance, would you go back and change anything? Absolutely
3: not. I have fully embraced this identity of having one eye. I try not to make it my whole identity, right? People are like, okay, we get it. You have one eye, Your
0: identity. <laughs> my
3: identity, but I have fully, fully embraced it. And I, it's, it's really made me who I am today. Honestly, I've always said that too. I love that.
0: Would you? No, I've I've also embraced it and like I said, it is what it is. I feel like it would be weird seeing out of two eyes. Like I asked Shane, do you see doubles of everything? <laughs> I asked the same thing. What did what did we say? Oh so I almost got I
3: almost got into a little accident on, on the way to the station a couple of days ago. I was changing it was during rush hour and I was changing the radio station, right? And someone cut me off, but like, I took my eyes off my eye off the road for a split second to change the volume of the radio. And next thing I know someone's cut me off. And so, and then Alex, and you can explain, I have no idea what you, what you meant by what you were saying.
2: Right. Well, she can't see out of her left eye. So she looked down at the radio. If I look down at the radio, I can still see, you know, the road out of my left eye. How? right? (laughs) Even if I'm not looking, you know, just your peripheral vision. So by her looking down, that's like me closing my eyes essentially. And she didn't see this person cutting her off. So she had to slam on her brakes. Mm -hmm. But then also Emily came to visit the station yesterday. And as she was pulling into the station, we got a call and Shane and I were transporting the patient and Emily saw that. So she's like, well, I'm not going to wait around. So she leaves and we end up right behind her. We weren't transporting emergency. So I'm just like any other car on the road. And Emily's the first car at the red light on this busy street, and I'm right behind her in a big, like, <laughs> yeah, a big red truck. I'm flashing I'm my <laughs> headlights at her, and she's not noticing. I don't. She no, told me I'm later sorry. she was jamming her music, but still, like, <laughs> like I don't know, maybe it's two eye. eyes.
3: <laughs> and people always try to tell me that your two eyes come to a focal point, and I literally cannot grasp what that oh. means. And I don't know, like, I have no depth perception either. I mean, Michelle, so if you try to throw a pen at me, like I cannot catch it. And I don't, I don't get it. Like what, what is depth perception? I yeah. don't understand.
1: Also, you guys don't see in 3d. No. Nope. So if you oh. go to like a 3d movie, you, it you don't know what that is.
0: the two color. Well, yeah. you know, even regular yeah. 3d is just <laughs> kind of. It, it doesn't, doesn't work for me. No, it doesn't. Yeah.
3: yeah. It makes me nauseous because my eyes are trying to see in the 3d and it just doesn't work out. Yeah. No. Yeah. But I don't feel like, Oh, this is the worst thing that ever happened to me. I can't see. Oh, sorry guys.
0: Delilah. Sorry about that. Uh, but yeah. Yeah. I don't, I don't either. I just like, it's normal to me. And when people ask, I'm like, imagine if you have an eye air on your forehead, like that's what it's like having an eye on for me, it's the right side. Yeah, we've mentioned this. My prosthetic eye is my right side. Emily's is her left. So my favorite thing when Emily, I, Emily and I are standing in front of each other talking, our two good eyes are like looking directly at each other. It's so great. <laughs> <And> we just <laughs> ignore the other side of each other. <laughs> All right. You want to ask your question, Shane?
1: Yes. So this last question is for everybody. What is one positive thing you would like to see come out of this negative life experience or you have seen come out of this experience? Michelle, would you like to go first?
0: Sure. So for me, I would say in this moment, I think the relationship that the four of us have built literally, I feel like due to this, I know it's also because you and Alex work together and then just the opportunity now that we're having to share it with so many people, because never in a a million years did I one think that we'd have a podcast and two, that I think that I would feel comfortable enough getting on and talking about it. So I would definitely say the aspect that we're sitting in right now.
1: I like that. What about you,
3: Emily? I would say, you know, because now that Alex and I are going to get married in December. I know that maybe one day down the road, we're all going to have children and hopefully we're still as close as we are now. But I just, I can't wait for us to all have children and to, for our kids to kind of see like, Look what our moms went through. We're not going to let this bother us. Like, our moms are so cool. They like embrace having one eye. Oh, like, I, you know, I want our kids to say, Oh, I went with mom to, I went with my mom to her doctor's appointment. I got to see her eye get taken out. It was the coolest thing ever. Like, I want them to say that at school. I'd love, for show and tell they bring one of our fake eyes to yes. show and tell. like bring it with you so that's something that i like can't wait for yeah, and, okay. and just to potentially like hopefully like if, if if life happens and if life works out and we all have children around the same age that would be so yeah. cool to go through together
0: just so not move to la okay we won't
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh we got bad news for you guys
0: no, oh, moving on.
1: <laughs> and then i'm gonna put you on the spot alex what about you
2: I was making sure neither of you said it. Luckily, you didn't. Um, I would just hope that, and I think we've already done it, whether it's this podcast or our friends and family or Emily's TED Talk, but inspired people to, you know, like Emily's been saying, embrace the things that life is dealing you, whether it's an illness, a sickness, losing a friend, a divorce, the way that you both have handled it is Ooh, I almost started crying. Um, <laughs> inspiring because I really don't think if I found out tomorrow that I was sick, I don't think I'd handle it as well as you guys did. And I know you were both really young. So I'm, sh- I'm assuming that made it easier than if you found out now. But yeah, I don't think I would handle it the way that you guys have. So I just hope that this is inspiring other people. Like I said, whether it's our friends and our family or just, you know, people around the world.
1: I'm not crying. You're
0: crying. <laughs> <laughs>
2: I wasn't really crying. I'm an actor, so. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, my gosh.
2: That'll that'll be
0: $1,000. <laughs> that was good. You know. I'm <laughs> kidding. I almost did. All right, Shane, you're on the spot now.
2: Oh, we can skip, Shane. It's all right. <laughs> I think the three of us handled it. I think so. I think, oh,
0: wow.
2: I think we did a really good That's job.
0: You can That's top it. That's
1: I'm kidding, up. Shane. I'd love to hear what you have to say.
0: Me too. All
1: right. I really won't cry this time. You but. can cry. I want to see it. I think my biggest positive that I've seen through this whole experience, just not being like an outsider, but an outsider looking into your life. This might sound selfish. It's just about you personally. I have seen you grow tremendously through the last couple of years because knowing Michelle when we were dating, she was so self-conscious about her eye. And she was like, Will he like she told me when we were dating, like, will he love me still? Will he view me differently? Will that be a turnoff? And from going from that self-conscious person to being able to go on podcast and tell the world, hey, it's okay if you have things that happen to you, realize you're not alone and realize we could grow through this together. You don't have to start where I'm at now. I started back here. And if you guys haven't listened to her podcast, about her cancer. She's very vulnerable about where she started. Even if you're at that stage, you know there's hope. And I think if anything through this whole I situation with you, I think the one word that comes to mind is hope. You're a beacon of hope to anybody that's not only just going through cancer, but like any struggle, because you are very vulnerable and open of saying, hey, I was here, but I'm here, and it's doable and it's possible. So. Wow. yeah.
3: Oh, I love
2: that. I mean, that was pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> I'm <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> well said.
0: Yeah. I just think that you're right. I mean, even just me looking back, I re- I would remember going, we'd be walking into somewhere. I don't know. And I'd be like, oh my gosh, is my eyelid drooping? And he's like, it doesn't matter. And I'm like, it matters. Like, tell me, or I'll be like, oh my gosh, I have like a piece in my eye or something. And he's, he's always just been like, it, it doesn't matter. Who cares? So I think, I think it's no, by no accident that we are with, like, I'm with Shane and you're with Alex, because I feel like you guys have embraced it with us and you've encouraged us, encouraged us. I know just speaking for Shane, like he's encouraged me to. Just be myself.
1: What is a coincidence of us four meeting each other, having the same cancer at the same age, going through the same process, not only that, but also living in the same state. And then your significant other is working at the same fire department at the same station on the same shift, just the coincidence of it. I don't think it's coincidence. I feel like this was fate to have this relationship and if the only positive thing out of this whole relationship is to spread awareness of you're not alone, I think that's the least of, of the, the positive that that could come out of this relationship. So I just wanted to say thank you guys for coming on yeah. our podcast. Thank you for being open and vulnerable. I know it's not an easy thing to do, but I think our main goal through this one podcast was to show people if you're more open and willing to share with others, about your struggles you're having in the in the the trauma or the the things you've gone through in your past and are willing to share i think that more people would be less depressed and less sad and less lonely and realize i'm not alone in life Mm
2: -hmm.
0: so
1: thank you guys for coming on this podcast and sharing that
0: yes thank you that's one thing i've definitely taken away through this friendship is that i'm not alone and i'm not the only one out there that's dealing with this so it's just been really cool
2: Thanks for having us.
0: Yeah. Thank you. So fun.